0: T'was the week before Christmas, and through the Senate and House, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The earmarks were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The senators were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of pork danced in their heads. No budget was found, just mischief and debt, while the taxpayers hung their poor heads and wept. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, senators sprang from their oxygen. What was the matter? Away to the window they flew like a flash, tore open the shutters when they heard the word cash. The moon on the breasts of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a 4,000 page omni with endless debt, year after year, with a little driver so lively and quick i knew in a moment it... you ever get the feeling that everything in america is
1: completely fucked up you know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying that's it forget it let's see Thanks, on, uh, now look here's a house full of bees right. feels like you think nice the honey cool badger cares it so doesn't on. give a let's, shit let's
0: get All one else, thing right? straight rice is right
2: Guns don't kill people.
3: Yes. Stand up and proudly say God bless you. Bless I'm not I've got a to no. say I'm And
1: I'm proud to admit I am not I will never. i got a
2: Man, pull it up,
0: of Welcome to the Think so.
2: Apologies are in order. Excellent choice. Thank you, sir. Very nice. <laughs> Ska's always kind of a weird one for me because they if people ask you if you're into ska, I'm like, well, what are we talking about? Because there was that what they refer to as third wave ska, like mid nineties. Oh, that was like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Mm. Li- yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess you could say it. well, yeah, that genre or okay. whatever. I, although I, I I love mighty mighty yeah, boss tones. Ranted. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I
3: love them too yeah okay
2: <laughs> because the original maybe i love third way <laughs> i love the um <clears throat> like the old stuff so actually you showed that to me years and years ago when we lived in the city the trojan box set and they have like oh. the rock steady and ska stuff and yeah it's, it's some of my favorite music it's, it's so, so good yeah. man so it's the greatest beats and it's got tons of energy and it's just you could tell they had like, I don't know, you don't invent music, but they had come up with something all to their own. And it's just, it was so original. And yeah. like, you could just hear like the energy behind it and the passion and they were just on this like new thing. And everyone's like, you can hear like the excitement for it, mm-hmm. like coming through, coming through the speakers, brother. Yeah, just feel it. And then they had the second wave of, you know, specials and madness and stuff like that. And I still, I like a lot of that stuff. The English beat, mm-hmm. I love a lot of that old English beat stuff. But then third wave came, in the '90s, and then it kind of integrated into pop punk, and so you had all of just the pure cookie cutter formulaic, uh, you know, no effects beat that stuff. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And then they'd throw a ska song in
3: there and a the right. ska part, right? That's um, yeah. I hear you. Uh, I, that song maybe not the most famous of the special songs, but uh, I felt like it was a good like kind of. Anti-authoritarian yeah. song, Gangsters. Yeah. Um, but the reason I picked uh, I picked them is because Terry Hall, the singer, died. Did you see that? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't. And I didn't really know. I I didn't know much about the specials except that I you know I had a couple of their albums. And I liked them. Uh-huh. I didn't never. I didn't know that he was a white guy. Uh huh. In fact, like most of the people in the band are white. Mm-hmm. I figured they were all black. They're like you, because I'm racist. <laughs> yep. Um, but that dude was pretty cool. Like, yeah, watching some of his live stuff. Yeah, it's like he's a good frontman.
2: Yeah, I went on a I went on a a dive uh, just a couple months ago, I guess. But I was looking up old English beat footage. I was like, geez,
3: man, look at the energy that those
2: guys bring. It's it's I love looking at that old stuff.
3: Yeah. So uh, I have. Uh, they've upped my prednisone dose again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fasten your fucking seatbelt. Um, based I'm on what? Talk, uh, they think I have something wrong with my kidneys still. Jeez, I know. And if they're right, then I uh, has to. That's that's the treatment. So now I'm. So I've had a uh, lung biopsy <clears throat> that's yes. resulted in a collapse long. Uh huh. I had, a, I remember you still tried to make yourself go camping with that stint and <laughs> I wanted the boy to go camping. Right. That was why I did it. You took one for the team, man. Yep. Uh, painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> dude, going home on the second night, not staying out there was like, it was almost worth the pain. How good it felt to just be on my couch. Yeah. it's like, oh, it's almost worth it. Well, it's funny, because remember, I did the same thing. I know. I messed up my back. <laughs> as soon as I got
2: there, I was like, why am I here? And I collapsed. I fell on the ground. You, you and your wife had to pick me up and put me in my
3: trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and even that was not like, didn't make you feel any better. You were just like yeah. in agony, just horizontally. Yeah. And my wife was meeting me out there. I was like, I'm taking your car. I'm going home. I can't, I can't be out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You and I tend to repeat. Things like that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about the oil change incident. <laughs> um, so the uh, maybe someday. Yeah, someday. We'll <laughs> the uh, oh yeah. So get this. So this is is interesting. I was talking to the oh yeah. So I had the uh, the lung biopsy. Then I had the bone marrow biopsy, mm-hmm. which I think I said on the podcast. Right. Not that bad. Uh, now they want to do a kidney biopsy on Sh- me, man. Also, not that bad, unless there's a complication, in which case I could lose one of the kidneys. But right. chances are it's not going to happen. Um, I was telling this kidney doc, though, who was explaining all this, what she thinks the problem is um, that I, my muscles cramp up all the time. Uh-huh. And what is the first thing people say to you when you say that you're like, oh, muscle, you're like I'm getting, I'm cramping you up? You need to drink water. Drink more water, right? So, this is not why I drink this much water, but I've been drinking like over a gallon of water. A day on average mm-hmm. since I got out of the hospital back in the whenever that was September right, and uh, I told she's like how much water do you drink? And I said eh, like gallon and a quarter today, and she's like oh like that is way too much water. Oh you have floating kidney syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the you are you're probably flushing all the electrolytes out of your body, which I take electrolyte like powder mm-hmm. um, in a drink form also, but it's not the same as just. Just not, you know, flushing everything out of your body in the first place. Right. Right. She's like, I don't even recommend, even my worst case, like, scenario for people, if they have, like, kidney issues, mm-hmm. I recommend eight to ten glasses of water a day. Really? That's it. Why? Oh, Jesus. Because I drink about a gallon a day. I know. Huh. She, because of that reason. Like, you don't need that much water. Uh-huh. And it has, water is a universal solvent. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you're basically just, like, constantly... Putting your your system on like a wash cycle. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I don't do it for health. I just like peeing a lot. So yeah. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> Especially when you're up on scaffolding with your bags on, and right? Freezing yeah. cold weather. I just I love porta potties. <laughs> and the porta potties, I go there for the graffiti. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's a good place to find people to communicate with. There's lots of phone numbers <laughs> written on the halls in there. I mean, they're all mine, but whatever. <laughs> Man, this, this Matt guy must really like having a good time. <laughs> He's written it on here 20 times.
2: <laughs> so I blew off today to uh, embark on the slow financial hemorrhage known as Christmas shopping today. Oof. As in, I did you drive around today? Uh, I did eventually. The first half was me sitting in a taqueria just staring into the middle distance for two solid hours <laughs> trying to suck myself think, up. Think, man. Think. There's got to be a way I can do this. You can do it. You can do it. Just, you can do it. We can do this. It's, it's once a year. It's Coming up year. with a plan. No, there's another we got, way. We got there's it down way. to two I stores at this point. <laughs> like, we can do it. So, um, It's too late for Amazon. I know we don't usually do memorials on Liberty tree, but I feel like I should, I witnessed something that I feel I should kind of pay some respects to. Um, as we have mentioned on this podcast, I've been a lifelong subscriber of just never have heroes because it's always going to let you down. Try your best to just not have heroes. Um, I give you as an, as an example, you know, if I were to meet Motley Crue when I was ten years old, I probably would have been wildly disappointed, as that's a band made up as most metal bands in the eighties are just a bunch of deplorable human beings and yeah. awful people. And I uh, also probably has something to do with that my heroes growing up were professional skateboarders that were probably on average three to four years older than me that, and still lived with their parents. So even if I did meet them, I probably wouldn't be blown again, away again. Disappointing. <laughs> yes. And I think this is, well, it's kind of a expectation as a little road to disappointment thing. It's just, yeah uh, just leave it there. And you know, then you get a little older, like just don't have heroes at all. You know what I mean? I think you're better off. But, um, that being said is that we have spent a lot of time on a couple we did a full episode on it, but I'm pretty sure I met the king of them, free dri- them. the king of free driving today. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> Holy. Uh, for those of you that don't know what free driving is, you want to give them the quick just rundown?
3: Yeah. Basically, uh, f- free driving. Uh, f- if you're new to the podcast, which uh, I think we have uh, a lot of new cool. listeners this we do. week. Yeah. I think- Holy crap. Yeah. Whatever you guys are doing, I know that we said like, hey, just
2: tell one friend. Tell one friend you think might dig it, and our numbers are through the frickin'
3: roof. It's amazing. Unfortunately, I think most of them are federal agents. (laughs) Um, But there is that. (laughs) You know, we'll take take it at this point. Numbers are numbers. (laughs) It's only bad press if they get your name wrong. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So yeah, free driving is the idea that uh, it's up to you to get from point A to point B as efficiently as possible um, without ever... Making, and this, well, without ever making it unsafe for you or anyone else or even inconveniencing anyone else. Yeah, you can't even inconvenience another person. Correct. Correct. And you, you, safety is important and you getting pulled over is actually a threat to your safety. Okay. For multiple reasons. So as long as you are being safe, um, the traffic laws, you know, are, we consider suggestions. So, uh, as far as you mentioning,
2: not inconveniencing someone, uh, putting other people at danger, putting yourself at danger, or risk being arrested. We're going to just shelve that just for a second (laughs) for for, for this discussion. (laughs) Because this dude that I saw was next level, (laughs) like free driving. This guy, like he combined, he took like the delicate fringe philosophies that we talk about. He took... Free driving, anarchy, and YOLO, and basically wrapped it up into one philosophy and just his own like psychotic ethos. (laughs) Like we're all gonna die. (laughs) Like that's what this guy was doing. (sighs) I'm talking eighty miles an hour on the so three lane freeway. And he'd be on the shoulder. The right shoulder or the left shoulder? I'm getting there. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) And just... There's a third option? Yes. (laughs) And packed holiday traffic, but moving pretty quick. You know, we're at about 60, 65. This guy goes flying by me on the right shoulder of the freeway. And then, you know, whenever... I saw him going, I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? Oh, not, no license plate, by the way. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? This is like next level free driving. Okay. And then like when some pesky obstacle would come up, you know, like, a, I don't know, a concrete medium or a Caltrans, Caltrans truck. Yeah. He just like, no looking, no nothing, careen across all three lanes of the freeway. Everyone slams on the brakes and he'd drive on the left shoulder of the freeway. And, just, and I saw him, you just see all this like, like, epidemic of brake lights slam on (laughs) as he would like go back and forth across all
3: the lanes. it was it was well yeah I will say that it was amazing if you're going 80 miles an hour well if you're if you're the fastest one on the freeway Uh, you don't have to worry. Well, you don't have to worry about anyone coming up behind you. Uh You, All you have to look at is what's in front of you. So it becomes very easy to cut across all four lanes. This is not that I condone this behavior, by the (laughs) way. I'm actually finding it very hard to, he was violating uh, several tenets of the free driving (laughs) philosophy. No doubt. His heart seems like it was in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: As we always say, the, his intentions were good. His execution was a little bit off. Right. And also going back to what you just said, I think, So two things. Oh, by the way, side note, my brother came up a long time ago, like two decades ago. He goes, you know, There's no such thing as traffic if you're going slower than everybody else.
3: Yes, I (laughs) I think
2: about that all the time. Yeah, you're also that asshole that's causing traffic. But (laughs) two separate points. It's a, it's a little, it's a, it's a selfish you know branch of if you're you're
3: the (laughs) slowest person on the freeway, then there is no such thing as traffic. So, but going back to, I think there was
2: a combination of like if you're going faster than everyone else, you know what I mean. You can kind of see ahead and just go careening. So I think he's combining that philosophy also with there is no more powerful man in the world. World than a man who doesn't care if he lives or dies. And I think that's what this guy was doing. He would just go like, yeah. I'm going to the other side of the freeway now and just like would yank his wheel over. It was. So I only saw this for 20 seconds, obviously as much as I wanted to follow him, I had that nagging, you got to get home to your family thing going on in your mind. But, <laughs> um, for the 20 seconds I did say, did see, and this was a couple hours ago, I pretty confident in saying that there's no way this guy's alive right now. So I just want to say, rest in peace, King of Free Driving. You will be missed. God bless <laughs> really? and
3: Merry Christmas. <laughs> wow, I feel like there should be music following that up.
2: Done and done, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so you were giving me a hard time the other day for not liking Christmas music. Hey, okay, turn it off! Turn it off! Huh? Oh, stop it! <laughs> turn it off! <laughs> no, no, no! You told me to listen to Christmas music. We're going to listen to fucking Christmas music. <laughs> Um, I'm going to put the over under at four cats and I'm going to take the over you oh, I'm sorry, what My Four brain. cats,
4: <laughs>
2: what are you talking about? This woman
3: owns at least four cats, <laughs> oh, okay. four cats.
4: Okay.
3: I can barely hear you over this noise. <laughs> can you please turn it off? Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Tell me you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. It's so punishing. I can't go there even. Hey
2: guys, kids gather around. Um, so turns out aunt Barbara will make it to Christmas dinner this year. Uh, so just to go over a few of the rules, don't look in your, uh, don't look her in the eye when you talk to her and don't do that thing where you don't turn on the microwave. Definitely. When she's in the room, we don't want to repeat (laughs) it last year. It's
3: a complete nightmare. And if anyone sticks a magnet to her, you are grounded for a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. No stockings. <laughs> uh, so do you do you remember when I made that um Instagram post about smoking and it said I love smoke? Yes. And you you questioned why did you ever read it? You cause you questioned what is a smoking campaign? Yeah, I did. We have? So the reason that I made that post was because I see Smoking as a demonized activity Mm -hmm. that, um, the left has really, and the, yeah, the, the status left has gone after with a vengeance, Mm -hmm. with a fever to try to eliminate smoking in, you can't smoke near a restaurant anymore. You have to be 25 feet away. Um, I think there's some cities where you're not allowed to smoke in your car by yourself. Really? Yeah. And. Leave it to good old New Zealand, the country that is trying to make the voting age sixteen. What <laughs> no, um, could go wrong? <laughs> which honestly, like, there's a lot of countries that I was I was just looking it up: Brazil, Ecuador, Austria, Cuba, Germany, Isle of Man, Malta, Nicaragua, Scotland, Argentina, all have sixteen-year-old voting age. Mm-hmm. Um, how insane is that? Anyways, not the point of bringing that up. So this uh, this is what just happen in New Zealand.
0: New Zealand is cracking down on smoking in a way we've rarely seen on the planet. The country's government is planning to ban future generations from ever buying tobacco products. Under the proposal, anyone born after 2008 will never be allowed to purchase cigarettes or any other tobacco. The bill also aims to reduce the level of nicotine in cigarettes available to older people. New Zealand's government expected to introduce legislation to Parliament next year. Local officials say they hope to make the country completely smoke-free by 2025. The World Health Organization describes the tobacco ep- epidemic as one of the biggest public health threats the world has ever faced. It reports tobacco use kills more than eight million people every.
4: Hmm:
3: Well, yeah, people who voluntarily choose to be killed by it, Yeah i hate smoking i've hated it my entire
2: life right but outlying it is ridiculous yes that's a silly thing to do uh for several reasons let's say you want to stop smoking making things illegal doesn't stop it see the war on drugs in the 80s see prohibition in the 20s prohibition yeah it's that's yeah that's like, I hate smoking so much, like I can't eat if someone's smoking around me. That's like, I have to go somewhere else and eat. Right. But at no at, at
3: no point I would say like, yeah. hey, you have to go somewhere else so I can eat here. That's ridiculous. Right, I p- happen to love the smell of cigarette smoke. It reminds me of just good times. There's- being out late night with my friends, working in like Klaus's shop, mm-hmm. back when he and Buzz and everybody used to smoke. Mm-hmm. And just being, you know, it just, the, I associate the smell with good things. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between the smell of burning tobacco and the smell of it on your fingers or your, you know, your friend's clothes or something. That's uh, you know, like kids that would get on the bus when I was a kid that came from households that smoked. Mm -hmm. You could smell the kid like the that smoke on the kid when they walked by, just so gnarly. But who the fuck are you to tell me that I can't smoke? Yeah, right. And there's a reason, you know, that countries like that are also allowing 16-year-olds to vote. That's because they are democracy sycophants. Mm-hmm. They think that everything should be down to a vote, and what they do with that vote is they end up controlling everybody else. Mm-hmm. Countries that didn't have a, a low voting age or have you know restrictions to voting happen to actually be freer places. So... I it's think hard it, to wrap your head around. It comes it's down to a pretty simple philosophy
2: that we talk about, which is basically a common thread through this podcast. It's I, I am not into the notion in any capacity. Pretty much, it says like we don't like this thing, so we need you to stop doing it. Yeah, as opposed to if don't do if you don't like that thing, don't do it. Yeah, if you don't like drugs, don't
3: do drugs. No, I don't like this thing, so I'm just going to ruin it for everybody. I mean, what what's what are we losing?
2: Hundred thousand people to fentanyl overdoses right now. To drugs, kids, you know, young, mm-hmm. a lot of young people. It's like, you can make things illegal all you want. It's not going to stop the problem.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a simple lesson, but I just this thought- This is the first like, time
2: in my life I have ever supported
1: <laughs> <laughs> smoking <Something> about smoking.
3: It's <laughs> just something I still hate to this day. But yeah, uh, on, on principle, I understand what you're saying. And I agree with that. I didn't really think that was worthy of uh, the actual show. So I put that little thing in before we actually started the show. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work.
4: Ride on the bus into
2: the... I had an interesting <laughs> someone asked me at what age do you tell is it okay to stop believing in Santa? As you and I both have young boys, have you thought about this at all? Your boy's younger. I mean, he's still... Yeah. My boy's 9, so he's like, kind of on the cusp at this point.
3: I actually have kind of a hard time with lying to him, uh-huh. about Santa, uh-huh. And it's as it's not because I don't want him to experience the uh, the idea. I think it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just like kind of cultural thing that we all do together. Yeah. But I just kind of don't like the idea that I'm lying to him. Uh-huh. It kind of bugs me.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've never thought of it that way. Man, it's just much See, I love the idea like he believes in this majestic, like magical, like I, I've always, I've, yeah. Christmas is always my favorite holiday because it's just, I always had, a, I, lit, I grew up in a place with a huge family so it meant the family getting together and to experience it all over again with your, with your kids, like, Cause you know, there's this, there's this gap when you're, I don't know, in your twenties to when you, before you start a family like, yeah, I go home for Christmas and it's fun. And you know, I get a couple gift certificates, you know, <laughs> for or whatever
3: it is. But... Or maybe you miss Christmas and you go with your friends skiing or something. Right. It's not that big a deal. Right. Right. And then you have children and you experience it all over again through their
2: eyes. And yeah. it's one of the most Becomes... peaceful, like beautiful things you can yeah. go through and to see. Which is why you were playing that Christmas music. I really guess. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and so, you know i'm watching my 9 year old he's just amped you know we gave him his own calendar and he's got these magnets and he's counting down and he's watching all the you know we watched all the christmas classics you know uh, national lampoon's christmas vacation a christmas story die hard the best christmas movie ever made <laughs> <laughs> and he's just amped it's just like this you know we i i am a sucker for christmas especially with kids like we put up the lights and we got decorations all over the house and then mostly it's being done through him it's like I want him to experience what I did as a as a kid. It, it just this wonderful like magical time yeah. time of year. But he's right on the cusp at nine. Like eh, mm-hmm. what, like it just might be the last year. It's, it's coming. Like that that asshole kid at school is gonna say like you know Santa. Yeah, pretty
0: that, <laughs> really sure that's it. when he
2: asked me, I'm gonna go like I'm not gonna lie to him. You know what yeah. I mean? I think at, if he was three or four, I say, no, no, Santa, you know, he comes down the chimney and
3: boom. If I can interject, as a owner of a four-year-old, I- As a father of a four-year-old. What did I say? Owner? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I tend to, I try not to lie to him. Uh Uh-huh. So Gertrude, she does it differently, which is fine. Right. But with me, like when he asked me about Santa Claus, I always kind of put it back on him. Like, well, what do you think? He right. Like he asked Gertrude if um, the Santa they went and saw over at Montgomery Village was the actual, he, he asked her, he's like, was that the real Santa? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Uh, well, what do you, do you think that was the real Santa or maybe one of his assistants? Uh-huh. He's like, I think it was an assistant. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but, I might have not even gone that far Mm -hmm. and just kind of put it on. him, like, well, what do you think? Right. You know, and let him come up with the idea that way. I never feel like I'm just like, and you know, trying to like force this, this uh, downloading idea on him instead, let him just kind of absorb it from the village around us. And so then when it finally, the bubble is bursted, I can always say, Hey, I never said it was real. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> my hands are clean.
2: <laughs> I said I never had sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing with him because he's right at the age, like he's super interested in like history. And yeah, oh God, my wife hits it out of the park with everything she's ever done for this family as far as gifts except except the alexa speaker <laughs> <laughs> and she brought this thing. i was like oh cool and alexa and like he loves it because he listens to stories and he listens to music as and he listens to danger zone by danger zone. <laughs> over, and <laughs> yeah. over and over and oh, over god i crashed at your house for a
3: few days <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hear the same thing over there <laughs> yeah so- it's, it's thanks a, to your son pandemic. <laughs> he spread it to my son, too. and I'm
2: constantly when he so, but he goes down these kind of uh, rabbit holes, and he's listening to like history stuff. And he brings when he asks me about stuff that he's getting the middle of the road accepted narrative of like historical events, and it's things that I might have thoughts on or an alternative, you know, perspective. I do the same thing with him. I'm like, well. And I'm super grateful. My parents did this for me. They just said, it's, that's, that's the information that people are saying, but you got to make up your yeah. choice for yourself, whether it's you know, God or Bigfoot or <laughs> Santa Claus or whatever it is. It's, you, know, you have to make that decision for yourself. And, and my parents would now. tell
3: me, like. <laughs> <laughs> is, that's why I wear this tin hat every day.
2: <laughs> Thanks, mom. But they, they even told me, like, you know, your teachers don't know what they're talking about. Like, if you want to really learn about something, you have to do that research yourself. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah. Which I'm really, really grateful for still to this day. hmm hmm Yeah. Which is why I've lost so many <laughs> friends in the last two years.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, speaking...
2: Dude. It was interesting when this person said that, though, is... I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what age it is. You're getting too old to believe in Santa, but... I don't know. There is people my age that still believe Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. So I don't <laughs> <laughs> Didn't kill himself. exactly. Yeah.
3: What are you gonna do? Um, so I've been having this uh, kind of two opposing ideas in my head mm-hmm. lately, kind of wrestling with them. That we come on here and we talk a couple times a week about. I mean, just listen to our intro. You know how a fucked up America mm-hmm. is right how awful a place the world is but at the same time i truly believe that we are so lucky to be alive right today in america and men not women thank god <laughs> and you know it's a, it's like it, i really do truly believe that the world is a beautiful place and it's the, someone isolate that clip <laughs> the best it's been um, in history and, uh, I, I just think that it's worth saying if it doesn't, you know, we don't say it enough that I do think that we are living, you know, in these great times. But I think what's happening is that we're, it's almost like these two ideas are passing each other <coughs> where we, all of the great innovations and, um, the wealth that was created by men in the last, you know, hundred, 200 Five hundred years, let's say, that has brought the world into the place that it is now, where people are healthier, living longer, happier. Mm-hmm. You know, not as um, don't live in poverty as much as they did, aren't uh, dying from climate I might disasters.
2: Totally get this wrong, but I think the book "Heaven on Earth" by Steven Pinker uh-huh. it surmises perfectly what you're saying, right? Yes, there. Yes, exactly. And it, it breaks it down statistically, especially giving. When we talk about the problems that we have in America as the way I always think about them. All yeah, it's fucked. There are just just there are some horrific injustices going on all the time. But it gets way
3: fucking worse
2: once you start going to <laughs> totally. other places. So,
3: and I think that you know this miracle that happened that people got brought out of poverty to such a great extent, and and we're all living much happier, healthier lives because of it. Um, is being threatened by things like communism i just started reading mm-hmm. uh, the gulag archipelago today oh it's so good. it's have you read it Yeah yeah Whew. it's amazing it's very long and very worth going through
2: it's, ama- I, it's amazing I, I i used to listen to it i was doing a job by myself for like a month and i had that on audiobook and i would just listen to it over and over and over it's it's incredible to listen to and yeah, I think it's 24 hours is the. Yeah, and then the version you also have. put that within the context. Like, given how long, I don't know, human beings and society and I don't know, culture as we know it has been around, that didn't happen that long ago. That is very, when totally. you put that in the context of of a timeline of, of where we are, it's yeah. chilling to totally. listen to.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I was just describing it to um, Realtor Extraordinaire, friend of the show, Christopher Moreno. And, um, I was trying to tell him, like, it's it's the gnarliest... I'm only on the third chapter. It's, like, the gnarliest story yeah. you'll ever read. Yeah. But it's also very interesting. If I can... You know, I don't... It's very interesting. Oh, absolutely. What, what was going on with the, the secret police and yeah. um, the way that they arrested people and for no good reason. And it's, it's so it's, it's interesting. It's not just depressing is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's it's also interesting. And there is this positivity that you can take from it. And it's weird to say that, but there it's like is he, a weird bright spin. Like the, he, the tone in which he writes, he writes is, so is well. Amazing, yeah. I mean, the way that he writes is like, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it really is. He just and he his, made it In out. his mind, he, yeah, in his mind, in this book, he won't give up. It's, it's amazing though, yeah. to listen to. Well, I, yeah, I haven't gotten, far enough into it to agree with you on right. that, but I—I I, obviously he didn't because he made it out. Yeah. And he smuggled, he wrote this book in there, smuggled it out, and that's heroic. And this book itself actually was like pivotal and shedding light on mm-hmm. what was actually happening behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. With these gulags and whatnot. But I just wanted to play a little clip from it um, about just so people can get an idea. <clears throat> I ran into someone today who'd never heard of it. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Guys like us, It's like we talk about it probably or mention it, you know, daily basis almost or weekly at least. And even uh, Chris Moreno had, he'd heard of it, but he was like, you know, it took him a minute to Mm kind of, oh, that book. Yeah. But so it's not really like in people's (laughs) frontal cortex way it is with us. But this is him describing what it's
1: it's like when they're going around and uh, arresting people. For several decades, political arrests were distinguished in our country precisely by the fact that people were arrested who were guilty of nothing, and were therefore unprepared to put up any resistance whatsoever. There was a general feeling of being destined for destruction, a sense of having nowhere to escape from the GPU and KVD, which, incidentally, given our internal passport system, was quite accurate. And even in the fever of epidemic arrests, when people leaving for work said farewell to their families every day, because they could not be certain they would return at night. I remember this part. Even then, almost no one tried to run away, and only in rare cases did people commit suicide. And that was exactly what was required. A submissive sheep is a find for a wolf. This submissiveness was also due to ignorance of the mechanics of epidemic arrests. By and large, the organs had no profound reasons for their choice of whom to arrest and whom not to arrest. They merely had overall assignments, quotas, for a specific number of arrests. <laughs> These quotas might be filled on an orderly basis or wholly arbitrarily. In 1937, a woman came to the reception room of the Novocherkassk NKVD to ask what she should do about the unfed, unweaned infant of a neighbor who had been arrested. They said, sit down, we'll find out. She sat there for two hours, whereupon they took her and tossed her into a cell. They had a total plan, which had to be fulfilled in a hurry, and there was no one available to send out into the city, and here was this woman already in their hands. So I don't know
2: if you've gotten there yet, but... So I remember listening to this for the first time and being pissed that I wasn't exposed to it at an earlier age. Cause my first thought was like, this should be, you should read this in high school. This should be taught. hundred percent. This part of your education. hundred percent. And I don't know if you're there yet, but the most, one of the most kind of chilling aspects of that book was, is the, and we've talked about this a lot on here is one of the most, like diabolical slash genius things that they achieved once they got people, once that these quotas were established and it was like, we're yanking everyone out. Like you, you run afoul of us in the slightest amount or maybe not. Or if you don't, (laughs) yeah. Or if you don't, (laughs) but that's when neighbors started turning on neighbors and saying, because like, look, if I'm, if I'm taking that spotlight and showing it on someone else, that means it's not shining It's not shining on me. Right. And that's gonna, it's gonna buy me some more time. And that was the most, disgusting part I mean it's it's chilling to to read that stuff right
3: so here we are we're living in the the greatest time to be alive and then something like this can come along and really ruin your day Mm -hmm. right (laughs) being thrown into a gulag communism Yes. yes okay and I I feel like we are flirting with that around the world right now not Obviously, not to that extent, mm-hmm. but this is not something to be taken lightly, yeah, you know uh, I think that w- uh,
2: I might be kind of going where you're going here, but the when I listened to it the first time the I uh, made this moral equivalent I'm like, we are kind of seeing that right now this is you can make some pretty direct parallels to what he's saying and about the notion of people just living in this constant state of anxiety and fear so much so that they start turning in neighbors and relatives and you know what I mean to like shield themselves you know get the attention off themselves is I thought it was a pretty good metaphor for woke culture and cancel culture and all these and I tell these people that I know that that are into this stuff the friends that you know I might have had Hope, hopefully have still have, but I'm like, you don't understand the way that this is cultural Marxism, the way the woke mob, like it's only a matter of time before they come for you. It's just a matter of time like there. And we see that with the woke mob and the woke left, like they are eating their own now. And we talked about that on the last, on the last podcast with people like, um, Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss and Eric and Brett Weinstein, yeah, people they, they step out of line just a little bit, and the and the mob turns on them they in be- a way that's way more vicious than they were against what their actual quote unquote enemy is, which would be I don't know the cultural right, for example. So
3: they became enemies of the people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In fact, he talks about in that book like it was way safer to have dynamite in your house uh, under Alexander II than it was to. Have, what did he say? Like, um, oh, uh, to be uh, hiding the child of someone who was thrown in the gulag in your house. Yeah. You know, a a human being. Like, protecting a human being, you know, was more dangerous than having actual arms that you were going to use against the government under another ruler. Like that's that's the threat. And that's why they were doing it is to con- continuously intimidate people. So I mean luckily we don't really live in a um a society that uh has a secret police force for example. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh on that note, I tell you I got contacted uh I will call it a social media platform. Oh, well, it's Telegram. Uh-huh. But uh there was someone that was absolutely was a fed. Yeah it was a because the way that telegram works for if, for anyone that doesn't know is you just subscribe to a bunch of channels and I subscribe to you, anything that looks just kind of weird and off the beaten path just for my own interest like mm-hmm. I belong to a channel that um, is like you know you don't need food or medicine all you need is sunlight you know <laughs> some like out there yeah. stuff No, that's that fits the profile <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but this one this uh, that I don't even remember subscribing to and it was a uh you know, rev- you know, we're part of the revolution. We're gonna, you know, overthrow the government. And, you know, using kind of not direct language or whatever. And then uh, my name popped up in there. I'm like, huh, who is this? And I started like going through it, and like it took pretty immediately like some weird like just yeah bullshit white power shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> like what, what? Why is this on my phone? <laughs> and they reached out to me like, hey, you like you can't be on here and just look at it. Like you have to be part of the fight. Like, are you ready to get activated? Like, we're ready to like. And I'm like, okay, like, like delete, like, print color. You're me you you're not a Fed without being a Fed.
3: <laughs> like, I know this guy has a mustache and a flat top. <laughs> well, I mean, lucky for us. Um, like I said before, we do live in a in a place where we don't have to um, worry about secret police even though and by the way i would just want to say because i know the feds are listening um especially and thank you for listening by yes the way. appreciate your and dude if it wouldn't kill you guys leave a five-star review and a comment <laughs> we'll read it on there for god's sake um anyways this is a uh, disgraced former fbi agent uh peter Strzok. do you know who he is yeah okay for those of you who don't know, he, he's so lame. He basically uh, was fired from the FBI for being too partisan, for going after Trump in the Russia investigation um, nonsense that was happening. And all that stuff turned out to be true.
2: Oh, did it? Yeah, that's what someone told me a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. No, that's, that's my cue to go. Anyway, good to see you, man. Yeah. <laughs> chat.
3: Um, so yeah. And he also helped Hillary Clinton by getting, uh, James Comey to change the wording in his letter to Congress from grossly negligent to extremely careless, which was actually Mm -hmm. based on her, her email server. It was actually a legal thing. Like grossly negligent means you go to jail. Um, did we ever get a chance to look at her email server? Uh, I
2: think it's still available, right? It didn't get... Or is that the one that she
3: deleted? Destroyed. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, go on. I guess we'll never know. You know what, though? I'll say this. We're moving on. That's old news. Those, Yeah, exactly. Those emails are out there. Really? Well, she sent them to someone, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's two sides. There's two ends to an email. Okay. So... I don't know anything else than that but um, this guy Peter Strzok wrote a uh, this is how <laughs> this is how biased this guy is Peter Strzok wrote a memoir and he titled it Compromised Counterintelligence and the Threat of Donald J. Trump <laughs> <laughs> He didn't. He left out of the memoir uh, the part where he cheated on his wife with the uh, FBI attorney Lisa <laughs> Page. Yes, which is where all those uh, text I re- messages. I, I came remember from. this part. Yeah. So, anyways, saucy. Uh, like I said, we're fortunate to live in a country where we don't have to worry about secret police, and we can trust the FBI. If you don't believe me, take Peter Strzok's word for it.
4: Let's bring Peter Struck into the conversation. He is former Deputy Assistant Director of the FBI's Counterintelligence Division.
0: Peter, thank, thank you, you so much for being with us. Uh, there are people out there, obviously, who say well, we can't trust anything the FBI does. Look what Peter Struck did, and look what happened with the uh, the um, wait, what was that? Uh, I can't even remember it. Uh,
3: this is Morning uh, Joe. Text messages. <laughs> oh, just all the that stuff. Guy sounds wait, like some Liberty wait. Tree. I was just gonna say it sounds <laughs> yeah, like it's on our podcast. <laughs> in russia
0: still i dossier, which we didn't believe from the start i must say here but i do want to read this first before you answer that question it's wikipedia and it talks about the wall street journal uh investigation a comprehensive review in february 2018 of struck's messages concluded that tax critical of mr trump represented a fraction of roughly 7,000 texts, taxes uh, which stretch across 384 pages and show no evidence of a conspiracy against mr trump that is of course how old is this uh, Um, This is from August. Despite that fact, I put that out there. The FBI makes mistakes. The church makes mistakes. People make mistakes. They screw up. Uh, Should this be any reason uh, for Americans not trust that what the FBI and the DOJ are doing now is in pursuit of protecting classified documents?
4: Well, Joe, absolutely the American public should trust what the FBI is doing. You know, what's funny is I think back the year and a half that I spent with the team looking at Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. There was no concern. There was no outrage on behalf of any Republican as we used search warrants, as we went out and did a very invasive investigation to try and get to the bottom of what she did or didn't do. So it's not that the FBI is targeting any one side or the other. What you see is the FBI going out on a day-in day-out basis objectively investigating allegations ah, of yeah. it just so happens that the only thing that tends to come up in the right-wing ecosphere whether in the media or on the hill or from president trump are those things where they take a personal affront because it directly impacts them there's absolute silence when the fbi is investigating former secretary clinton there's absolute silence when the fbi is doing things that is <laughs> so the, the right is thing i agree <laughs> well, i'm with you on that, that one. one developed
3: there's absolute <laughs> silence when the meter maids are out there giving <laughs> parking tickets. To people that have been <laughs> parked there too long. Like, well, we're supposed to be outraged. <laughs> Fuck off. So, you know, like I said, you can trust the FBI. Yeah. So. Yeah. They have a pretty good track record. Yeah.
2: Waco, Ruby Ridge, Oklahoma city. The trail of cash going between them and social media. <laughs> Martin to Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here is- All the latest Twitter files of them asking social media or demanding, paying social
3: media yeah. to censor specific voices to throw an election. Telling Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, here's former FBI chief Ted Gunderson. The Oklahoma City bombing case, huge cover-up. Jack Kennedy's assassination,
0: huge cover-up. Bobby Kennedy's assassination, huge cover-up. World Trade Center, huge cover-up. Okay, terrorism. They're using it as an excuse to take away our constitutional rights and our civil liberties.
1: Cosmic flame.
0: The Bilderbergs. The Illuminati, Build-A-Bird, New World Order, Globalists are the element behind this. It dovetails into the satanic movement, and this movement has infiltrated into our
3: intelligence You guys community. go deep. If I had heard this... Uh, In 95, when he said it? Well, yeah, maybe a year ago. hmm When he got to the satanic part, I probably would have done a little, like, eye roll. Yeah. But... Nah, the Biden administration so much. has <laughs> literally hired a, sa- a Satanist yeah. as to be part of the cabinet. Right. It turns out he's not a really good dude. <laughs> right. I, it's the same guy that was stealing the luggage, right? <laughs> yes. He's a Satanist. <laughs> yes. So yeah, this guy, Ted Gunderson was onto some shit and he was the uh, FBI chief in, in LA and he had a lot of serious questions about the Oklahoma city Bombing, and so did a lot of other people, and there was a clearly a major cover-up uh, there. Yeah, um, that I want to get into, but just for an example of like how <laughs> unfavorable of a F- former FBI agent Ted Gunderson was, he wrote a book called "The 200 Year Plan: America's Shadow Government and the Great Excuse Me and the Great Deceit." I Found that on this website that it's not like the Wayback Machine, but it tracks like right. people's anything people write or publish or whatever. Uh-huh. So he has this book out there. So I was like, oh I'm gonna try to find it. See if there's an excerpt or something that I can get out of it. Out of stock, everywhere. Yeah. Except Amazon. Huh? You can get it on Amazon, but the paperback version is $289. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> It's classic. I have a feeling, even if you click on it, which I was too chicken shit to do, uh, then you, you end up still not being able to buy this right. book. Right. So anyways, um, I'm going to turn right here to Oklahoma city bombing for a second. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing all this up, it's not just like, I mean, it's fun and it's, it's a story that I want to get out there, but, um, I'm actually like legitimately nervous right now uh-huh. about I, maybe it's because I'm reading the, the Gulag Archipelago, but about what we're doing. Yes, yeah, me too. I I feel like talking about this stuff is probably gonna be. There's like this part of me that thinks I'm gonna look back on these conversations mm-hmm. and think, "Why the fuck did yeah. we do that?" Yeah, right. We're putting ourselves in danger because. We do live in a country. Why don't we just podcast about like barbecuing or something? Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, fortunately, we, I don't believe this guy, Ted Gunderson. I believe Peter Strzok. We live in a country where we can trust the FBI. We don't have to worry about (laughs) them. However, there's this other guy, (laughs) Jesse Trinidou, who was looking into the Oklahoma City bombing situation because his, uh, Brother, I think I was telling you about this, but I didn't go into on on last podcast. But his brother, and this is an attorney in Salt Lake City. His brother was picked up by um, the cops because he had a traffic violation. Mm-hmm. And his brother was a former military guy, but he was um, he was on parole. And so, um, he ended up in jail, but for, I don't know what his parole was for, but he ended up in, in federal detention right. facility. So the feds yeah. basically run in this place. And, um, while in there, he was soon found hanging in his cell, dead photos in this article that I'm reading from right now is from the Libertarian Institute Institute photos released to Trinidad following a subsequent lawsuit against the federal Bureau of Prisons. However, showed that his brother's throat was cut and his body covered in bruises. Yeah. Authorities had apparently tried to cover his wounds with makeup before releasing it to Kenneth's family. The theory behind his death is having shared a close resemblance with someone called Richard Guthrie, a white supremacist who the FBI thought had information about the OKC bombing. Kenneth was was mistaken as Guthrie and taken by the FBI for interrogation. So, mistaken identity. They got the wrong guy. Yeah. And then... And this information, actually, this mistaken identity thing was actually given to Trenadue by Timothy McVeigh. He actually got this information while he was in in there in prison. He had heard that the the FBI had mistaken Kenneth for Guthrie and that his death was the result of a botched interrogation session. Yeah. Okay? So maybe, maybe not. However, I mean, that seems a little bit, like you could see that just kind of being a story that you could easily kind of... Mm -hmm let's eh, mistake that. But there's a lot of those stories though. And guess who else ended up dead? The actual Guthrie. He was arrested. He told the uh he told the LA Times that he had a couple grand juries to talk to about what really happened with the OKC bombing. And then also was found later to be hanging in his cell. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And so I'll leave it up to the listeners to to chase down this wacky conspiracy theory and do your own research. I certainly don't believe it. I trust the uh, the secret police, with right. You know, my whole heart. But in Minecraft, um, in <laughs> yes, exactly. Look it up in we Minecraft. Asking questions. No, we're not. Uh, I'm just talking here.
2: Really, just two friends talking. Yeah. Put it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. So anyways, uh, you yeah. Know. So w- when you talked about the, that you wanted to bring up some of the stuff with the FBI, I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of stuff too. I was going to talk about Seth rich. I was going to talk about I'm blanking on his name right now. It's for some reason I cannot retain this name. Uh, the guy that broke the, the crack trade and Iran contra scandal. And I was funding the Sandinistas and all this, and he broke it all and both died. Uh, when died, Hanging, but with two gunshot chest <laughs> to to the chest. Mm, uh, uh, well, he one hung died himself, and then wanted to make sure he yeah, right. And, an, the, and you know. uh, the one who broke the Iron Contra, Contra scandal died with two gunshot wounds to the head, committed suicide.
3: <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll do that another time. You can you can go so deep on this. Thing. I know, I know. Yeah. There's a lot out there on it, but um, yeah. I so this would be such a better podcast if I was not. Married with a child, and I didn't worry about my own safety. <laughs> Anyways, this guy uh, Strock. Before we get off this this subject, um, that I'm not doing justice to, um, I just want to play uh, one more clip from from Strock and him telling. Uh, this is on October twenty second of this year or October of this year, and uh, he was talking to Nicole Wallace on MSNBC um, about January 6th. And so this is a guy who says that the FBI is not partisan, even though he wrote a book saying why Trump was a problem. Mm-hmm. And he also helped the other opponent of Donald Trump right. get elected. Um This is uh, what he was saying to her on that show.
4: You know, that Mueller ethos emanated, I'm I'm sure, from his own personal code, but also post 9-11. And I worked in the administration in which he served as FBI director. And what he sort of gave birth to in the lexicon was the FBI would never again...
3: You know, of course she did, right? Like, all of these people, they're just this incestuous... The media and our secret police are like... uh, in Minecraft, are obviously right. like they're just this revolving door. They all work together. They all know each other. There, that's probably it's exactly what was happening in Twitter and uh, and in Facebook too, right? They just yeah they hire people from the FBI. That person that was working for Twitter that was also in the FBI. That might have just been this same thing that happens in all these media organizations mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I mean, I, I, it's not a maybe. I, mean, I think that's exactly what is always <laughs> happening.
4: And first of all, failed to sync up with the CIA and all sorts of artificial and real walls were torn down. And they would never again fail to connect the dots. I've not heard one utterance of connecting the dots from Christopher Ray in the days after the deadliest attack on the US Capitol in our, you know, in history. Was it? <laughs> Nicole, I think that's right. And I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way. Oh, we go. And we still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance, as we understand God forbid. it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact wow. that the FBI and the rest <laughs> of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on... In the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone.
3: What a fucking tool. Can you believe that? Imagine I, I, having lost someone in 9-11 and hearing that yeah. douchebag say Not that. Not to mention when people talk about the deadliest event, You know, the
2: deadly attack on January 6th. There was one person killed. It was killed by By you cops. people. <laughs> by you, by the feds, by Capitol Police.
3: Yeah. I mean, any attack on the Capitol would be the deadliest attack in history because we've never had one. Right. Well, except for the time that BLM stormed the Capitol and the a, Brett Kavanaugh hearings when they storm yeah. <laughs> stormed a federal building. Other than that, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just uh, when you hear about oh God, where should I go? Such a- <clears throat> when you when you hear about people getting pushed to the point of wanting to kill. FBI agents, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of that in the news, which we do not condone, with. and we 100% do not condone that. And um, I'm not trying to argue for that, but when you hear about it, and then you hear them say that there's you know no justification for this, there's no reason for people to do that, and they you know this is just clearly um, uh, Trump's fault, and blah 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 blah. Would it? It just makes you think like these. people, What's actually happening is people are fed up with being abused by law enforcement. And so while we don't condone that happening, it's kind of like when Bill Burr was talking about hitting women Mm -hmm. and he said, yeah, there's people say there's no reason to hit a woman. And he's like, well, I mean, you shouldn't do it. You 100% (laughs) should not do it. But there was a reason, right? (laughs) I mean, I want to know what she said right before she got hit. (laughs) So, wow, not condoning (laughs) killing FBI agents whatsoever or hitting. Are we going to actually publish this? (laughs) I don't think we can put this out. Now we're putting it out. Okay, I'm going to be walking around.
2: Uh, I would also like to say to those of you that might have a slinged on just a slight unhinged part of your personality that might think it's a good idea to storm a Capitol building or threaten a federal agent or to do anything like that is I think that if you do enough digging that almost every single one of these events is a fed honeypot much like the person getting a hold of me on telegram do not fall for this shit don't be a dummy some of you are dummies like
3: and that's why your brain's fucked up and And we we understand that the world is a you know not the place that we all think it should be yeah we're not living in the America that we should be but again going back to what we were saying earlier the world is a good place and we just have to work to right to bring people around to it um and the way to do that is not through political violence
4: (music)
2: so this is something i pretty sure you've seen i mean it was making all the usual rounds but it was something it just seemed trivial and ridiculous and so much to the point that i don't know it seemed like as we say the best comedy writes itself and it's actually not (laughs) initially released (laughs) as comedy but this is from the washington times uh, magazine it was picked up by fortune magazine all kinds of people Um, or media outlets and that is I'm sure you know this that people unvaccinated against COVID-19 are more likely to get any serious car crash study shows I did see that yes Yes. so the the tagline they put at the end study shows let's kind of put that in the parking lot, I guess they say in corporate culture, we're going to revisit that. Uh, so after I realized that I wasn't reading an article from the Babylon Bee, I started <laughs> to look into this uh, right off the bat. Study shows as far as like journalistic integrity, that's right up there with, you know, Outrage follows suit with calls of cultural appropriation after latest Super Bowl halftime show. It's, and then it's, they'll have an entire article based around like Twitter posts. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's or vapid and non, it's just nonsense.
3: It's, Tennessee schools ban talking about slavery to right. children. Yeah. Studies show. Yeah. It's, like, well, it's not exactly the truth. So, uh,
2: so just a couple of quotes from the article. Uh people who chose not to be vaccinated against COVID-19 were more likely to be involved in a serious car accident a recent study found.
3: You think that guy that was driving 80 <laughs> miles an hour down the shoulder was vaccinated? <laughs> 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 this. Uh- uh, that's
2: kind of interesting to bring that up because that's going to be a totally relevant point here. <laughs> up pretty soon. Uh, quote, the study found that unvaccinated drivers were 72% more likely to be in a car crash where at least one person was sent to the hospital compared to accidents involving unvaccinated or vaccinated drivers. So because I'm a weirdo, I looked at the study. So mm-hmm. this is a bit of a sidestep, but it, mm-hmm. I do feel it's like something I should kind of bring up. This study was conducted after um, Canadian researchers gained access to over 11 million uh, Canadian citizens' private encrypted health data, so that should be scary enough. In Canada? In Canada? No. <laughs> yeah, old Trudeau, who's transitioning, by the way, and Fidel Castro's uh, illegitimate son, love child. Yeah, and then what they did is they cross-referenced that with citizens' private driving records and automobile data. And they made, that's how they came up with a study that 72% are more likely to be involved in a serious car crash. So that on its face, the fact that a government organization or, I mean, I'm assuming they're not independent researchers, but can have access to people's private health data and then
3: cross-reference that with their under. private driving records and then come up with this bullshit study. So, I heard another analysis of the study that was saying that the the sloppy way that they um, collected the data was such that... So if, if you were in a car and you hit two people on the sidewalk uh-huh. and all three people are unvaccinated, mm-hmm. then that's three people that were involved in an accident that were unvaccinated, even though the people on the sidewalk were just standing there. Right. Yeah. Oh, we're getting there. Okay, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. That's that excellent point.
2: So the VASP... We can see that, the you know, if you look at data, the vast majority of car crashes obviously involve other people, right? Yeah. Okay. Almost all I mean, of them.
3: You could <laughs> run into a light <laughs> bulb or a bridge. And this, this study doesn't... Which form. are both unvaccinated, by the way. <laughs> that's exactly. That's where I'm going with oh, this. This data is so corrupt. They don't bother to parse
2: out who was at fault in these accidents. So right off the bat, I mean, right off the bat it's bullshit, Right. And less that they are proposing, which they don't spell in this article, but this only uh, pertains to automobile accidents where both people were unvaccinated, which I, when I thought of that, I just started cracking up. I don't know if that's so funny like, or why you'd have that data, but
3: <laughs> so back to the study, uh, next thing you know, you're going to hear like <laughs> <laughs> the unvaccinated are running over the vaccinated in alarming rates. <laughs>
2: yes. And they're, study they're shows.
3: Study shows. <laughs> they're ramming their cars into unvaccinated people's cars. Well, how you would think, how can you tell if someone's a vaccinated or unvaccinated? It's very simple. If you're wearing a mask by yourself alone in your car, you're clearly, you're vaccinated. clearly vaccinated. <laughs> yes. Which makes all the sense in the world. <laughs>
2: The researchers proposed a series of possibilities as to explain the data, uh, including that unvaccinated people were more likely to have a distrust in the government check belief in freedom check taking increased traffic risks, check misconceptions of everyday risks. Nope. Inordinately attractive and above average intelligence. I added that, but Yes. antipathy towards (laughs) regulation check exposure to misinformation check, but probably not how they mean. I'm referring to your article <laughs> as exposure to misinformation <laughs> and a strong be- and strong personal beliefs. Check. Okay.
3: So we're in monsters. Potentially. Potentially. Yes. <laughs> wow. a monsters be- essentially. Yes. Wow. A strong belief in freedom. Yeah. Oh, well, it's Canada. Right. Yeah. It's still can't kind of, still kind of a fringe
2: that. notion. Yeah. in America's hat.
3: Okay. So what they're <laughs>
2: attempting to do. Is that and some of these articles are overtly stating this, but they're trying to make the connection that unvacc- unvaccinated are unsafe drivers and thus should be charged at a higher rate for insurance. That's ki- not yeah. the total point of this article, but that's one kind of fringe the point kind of the bit study. Of, yeah, Let's be exactly. Yeah. So, as in, you know, this is yet another angle like to twist people's arms to eventually. Make them comply with what the state wants. In this case, you're attempting to price them out of their own ideology. You know what I mean? For the people like we're.
3: I gotta think that insurance companies read a study like this mm-hmm. and just because they they study this stuff, yeah, as we've talked about before. Absolutely, we had our buddy on talking about it. Yeah, uh, it's for them. It's it's a matter of you know life and death. Mm-hmm. company will live or survive based on the accuracy right. of their data. Correct. They got to read a study like this and just like, just kind of roll their eyes. And right. Throw it in the circular. On file. that note, I got something for our next podcast that is going to blow your mind. Oh, I can't <laughs> it wait. It was right up that alley. Nice. It has to do with insurance, uh, and, and insurance companies
2: and and the vaccine.
3: But That dude, by the way, uh, whose name we can't name, mm-hmm. uh, sent me a, uh, Christmas card and no way and a thank you yeah that's awesome Christmas message yeah that was it's our that was dude. our first like legit guess yeah that was awesome totally yeah that was
2: that was uh, a good that was one of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done me too that was really cool. So, uh, as I was, as I say before, like what they're trying to do is just squeeze you, twist your arm and try to price you out of your own ideology. Uh, for those of you in California, you price enough- you
3: out of your own ideology. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well said. So for those of you in California, you are well familiar <laughs> with this technique. <laughs> if you're into firearms now, let's have some fun. Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. So. I started looking at some uh, statistics and I got into, since we were talking about automobile accidents, is that road rage, road rage incidents have skyrocketed uh, beginning in 2021. And when you look at some of this data is that, so road rage incidents that include a hospitalization, they get included under the traffic accident data that goes Hmm. into that same data, right? Yeah. So you have this increase in road rage incidents, and so you have this increase in what they call automobile accidents. It gets compiled into the same category, right? And road rage incidents saw their worst year on record in 2021, that's according to NBC News. We saw more than just shootings alone, shooting fatalities. From road rage. Road rage, 500 people in 2021. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people getting shot or shooting other people because
3: of road rage. So now is it just like that previous study? Like is a self defense shot? We, yeah. It must be a road rage You're right shot, right?
2: So and as we all know, I mean, I'm not gonna bother to source this, I mean this you can find this anywhere, but we saw a skyrocketing of assaults, murders, violent crime, all that Yeah, domestic violence. Yeah. Domestic violence. All starting Twenty 2020 twenty skyrocketing twenty twenty one and basically staying in that trajectory. Now,
3: God, if only someone had seen that coming.
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, now, nice step here for a second. Let's talk about the vaccine for a second. So, as more and more data is coming out about the COVID vaccines waning, if any efficacy, where we're at thirteen percent for twenty one days, something like that at mm-hmm. this point. The need for more boosters, vaccinated people continually getting COVID, etc., and the Couple that with the things that we've talked about on multiple podcasts, with the you know the, the strokes, the heart attacks, the blood clots, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, all these you know, sads, which is not a thing, and healthy adults just dropping dead out of nowhere, and the, the the very transparent and poor campaign being currently run to explain that as long COVID, right? Yep. With me so far. We we've done several podcasts on this. Yeah. So, given that information, we see the vaxxed, Falling into two categories right now, right? And this is where we need to kind of use our kind of anecdotal brain to kind of take in some of this information. That category one, you realize that you were lied to. And 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 bless your heart, that sucks. That's that's a that's a very hard realization to fall. I know a lot of people like this, and that number is growing more and more and more. You were misled, maybe your job forced you to take it. You know, you've seen thankfully that the narrative has collapsed on itself and you're saying like no more no more boosters i'm done right i'm i'm meeting people that i know personally more and more people in this category like family members and everything like hey, you know what i i took the two shots i believed them i just i'm i'm out at this point i keep you know i just got covid for the third time i don't need to keep injecting myself maybe some of these people are finally being exposed like you seen like these you mm-hmm. know, the excess death mortality rates and there, the rates of miscarriage. There's and a voice in the back of their exactly. head saying, should we really
3: need to do another right. booster?
2: Yeah. And these people, like, we need to embrace them. Like, mm-hmm. they were lied to, they were misled. Yeah. Like, do not demonize these people. Do not belittle them. Do not make fun of them. Like, you know, yeah. with, like, give them your utmost sympathy. Yeah, right? let your mom come over for Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the second category. They doubled down, Right. They are uh, proudly announcing online that they're ready for the next booster, and they're being more outspoken about their demonization against the people that didn't have the vaccine. Now we can get into the psychology of that, but you know, again, anecdotally, I'm like, it's it's. There's two subcategories out of that second category. I think it's the people that are like, their just brain doesn't work in a way. They're like, I just, I can't. I, I can't rationalize on my, in my head that I was lied to and I made a terrible decision. Like, my, my ego won't let me do it, right? Yeah. Either that or they're completely, like, covering their tracks psychologically in their own mind. They're like, nope, I'm going to double down. Like, I'm going to get more aggressive about this stuff.
3: Right. And that this is probably a subconscious uh, thing. They're not actually saying that right. to themselves. So. As this second category doubles down and becomes increasingly
2: aggressive and more outspoken, which we are seeing anecdotally like, you know, in real life, online, even news articles, social media, what have you, we begin to see like a bit of a pattern statistically, right? Okay, okay I'm going somewhere with this. All right, mm, I'm there. <laughs> and that is, to analyze this behavior, we have to take note of it and then compare it to the data of road rage, assaults, murders, etc., And then we begin to make a bit of a connection, right? I don't expect, yeah, just take this ride with me. (laughs) (laughs) What we are seeing, and I hate to say this, but what we are seeing is the mere origins of something that is on the brink of becoming profoundly problematic in our society. We are seeing the beginnings of the next pandemic, an actual pandemic that is going to affect everybody, whether you're vaccinated or not. And it is, if this is correct, it is going to be horrifying. It's called, it's called booster rage. Yeah. It's a study show. Yes. And just how we watch everyone take it upon themselves to suggest, urge, eventually demand that the rest of us inject ourselves with an experimental gene therapy it's on us, like the, the burden is on us now. Like we need to reach out and help these people. So if you have not had the boosters or not the shot at all, God willing, we need to take it upon ourselves to point out to people, they're, they are experiencing the beginnings of booster rage
3: and they need our help. How do you uh, broach that subject? Like, <clears throat> have you, uh, nope. do you... Do you get a lot of acne on well, your back? <laughs> funny, you should, <laughs>
2: funny you should ask. So just to kind of break this down into kind of categories, if you just took the first shots, you're probably fine, right? You're at what we call a level one study show or L1BR, BR standing for booster rage, booster Ridge, of course, yeah. as you know. Now, if you had the first round of boosters, you are at an L2BR, Right, level Makes two sense. booster age, or if you had the second round of boosters, you're definitely at risk for L three BR. Are these
3: uh, color coded by any chance? Oh yeah, we, we I
2: can don't get think there. They should be.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, unless we want to end up making the movie. 28 days later, a documentary, much like we made George Orwell's 1984 documentary, which we're currently living in, we really need to reach out to these L2BRs and these L3BRs and point out when we start to see these symptoms, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of on us because they yeah. did us that favor with a vaccine. Uh, it's kind of like the tables have turned, like now yeah. it's on us to kind of help these yeah. people. Yeah, uh, this makes sense. So I would suggest that, um, A good place to start is at this weekend's upcoming holiday dinner.
3: Perfect place. Right,
2: exactly. Um, I'm not saying it won't be tense. Like, believe me, I know it will be. But if we don't flatten the curve of Booster Rage, like our new normal is going to be something that we don't even recognize from the society that we know. Do you understand? Yes. Yes. Yes, wow. So reach across the aisle, or the dinner table, as it were, present this new data on Booster Rage, And when your dad like flies off the handle, he goes, Booster Rage! Are you out of your goddamn mind in front of your great Nana, for Christ's sake? This is what you do. As your entire family stares at you in disbelief, wondering what you're gonna say next, just sit quietly for a few tense seconds close your eyes put your head back and do that thing where people do with their hands and they put like this they put their fingers together and put it in front of the lips it's the kind of universal sign for like tap your lips a little bit I I just want everyone to get along yeah and you just go (sighs) dad I love you this is a little uncomfortable but what I'm talking about booster age what you are doing is exactly
3: what I'm talking about I just say that because I love you I love you and I know that it's not really you talking right it's the boosters I happen to know that you are an L3BR and that's why I'm saying this (laughs) study say (laughs)